0: Welcome to Alley Talks, where we sit down with thought leaders to bring you medical product solutions that are leading industry trends, driving best practices, and delivering efficiencies for healthcare professionals everywhere. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Alley Talks with AliMed. Med. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. With today's episode, we're hoping to bring more awareness to a surprisingly underserved piece of gear in hospitals and that is positioners when patients are getting examined treated or going through surgery you've got to twist and turn their bodies to get that perfect view or angle and of course this means using positioners often foam or bean bags to support the patient the issue though arises when hospitals use makeshift positioners not only do they not work that well they can often further injure the patient so, here to break this down and provide some insight on the importance of proper positioners is Mary Grace Hensel, former director at Allegheny General Hospital, an educator, and a medical legal consultant, as well as Steve Dunn, product manager for Alimed. Mary, Steve, welcome both of you to the podcast. How are you both doing? Great,
1: thank you.
2: Doing well today, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you both on. I'm excited to break this down. Mary, I want to start with you. Uh, you know, I think it's important to give our audience some context on your background um, and when you personally saw how mismanaged positioners can cause some major problems in healthcare. So let's start with that. Break down a little bit of your history and how you came to understand that positioners need some reform.
1: So um, I have been a... Um nurse for 39 years and actually um, been in the operating room for about 33 years and during that course of time i've um you know been a circulator a scrub an educator um, a charge nurse i I believe i probably had every role in the operating room you could possibly imagine Um, but as i started um, into the operating room you know, we were taught um, a variety of different ways on how to position people. And we position people in positions that you probably would never do at home because we're doing surgery. So we have the lithotomy, the lateral, the Trendelenburg, reverse Trendelenburg, you know, supine position. And about 30 years ago, it was acceptable and because we didn't have the knowledge base on how to position patients, and we use pillows, foam. um, And nurses are very ingenious in a lot of different ways and how to get that position um, situated so we can do the surgery. But as it's moved forward, we found that uh, we have to make our patients safe and there's a lot more positioning agents out there that can do that instead of us trying to recreate the wheel and maybe not using um, the best methods while we're trying to manufacture it ourselves. So that's a little bit about myself and where I started. And where we've really come from 30 years ago to now, that we, you know, foams have um, gotten better, we have gel, and we really don't need to make our own devices
0: as nurses anymore. Steve, any... Any commentary on that, on on any of her points?
2: I can attest, I have been in a number of cases myself. Things can change during the middle of of a procedure, and I've seen nurses try to address that with whatever's nearby because time is of such essence. It's really an immediate need, and so what AllieMed has been able to do over the years is we've developed relationships with OR nurses and been able to find out more problems and actually engineer products that can take the place of pillows and towels that can withstand and hold up to multiple hours because cases are getting longer, patients are getting larger. And the old standard just doesn't work as as well. It just it won't last for the six hours. It's great right. for an hour, hour and a half. But now, with all the gels and lightweight gels that are out there, it can last that much longer. And so right. it's really where Alimed is moving forward
0: all right. so some questions now to both of you, and feel free to whoever wants to answer first can. but you know, I think we see a lot of makeshift DIY positioners in the industry used daily. It hasn't really become a standard yet to reassess if these positioners are actually doing their jobs well and, you know, what kind of product do we need to better serve our patients in this particular regard. Why do you both think these medical devices are not currently more professional or more standardized to the level that, you know, let's say Alimed is trying to, uh, to craft? So
1: I'm going to jump in right now. Uh, And what I'd like to just talk about is, you know, traditionally nurses have used pillows and the ARN has a uh, has a statement now that pillows, towels, things of that nature really are not acceptable because they bottom out um i know steve was talking about it before but um, when you're taking foam or you know just an egg crate or a restaurant there's all kinds of different types of foam um the due diligence hasn't happened in uh looking at do they bottom out and quite frankly they do and so there's a lot better foams out there there's you know memory foams and things of that nature so what i've seen nurses do is you know 30 years ago 20 years ago we took a pillow and we put it beho- you know underneath your knees at that point in time um uh, feeling that we you know took your heels off the bottom of the bed and that we you know decrease that pressure on your heels thinking that you're not going to have redness you're not going to have a pressure sore but in all reality uh what we have cr- Created, and there's literature out there to state this, that when you put a pillow under somebody's knees, there's two things that can possibly happen. One is you could actually cause pressure at the popliteal space and that pressure could compress um, your popliteal, you know, artery vein, and you could then potentially, ha- you know, uh, put them at risk for a DVT. The other piece is when you lift the heels up off of the bed, um, in reality, there's, there's uh, some studies out there from Korea, and actually here in the United States, uh, it's uh, Permani is, I believe, the author of the one article, and what it states is when you lift it off, the heel, you're actually causing more pressure on the sacrum. So things that we did before, we thought, you know, in a two hour period, and we don't do it, we didn't do as extensive surgery as we do nowadays, we're mm-hmm. actually creating a different problem. So we could have pressure on the sacrum, and you could ha- end up with a bed sore, where we ultimately wanted to decrease that pressure on the heel. So... We've got to come up with the times of not using pillows, not using towels. Plus, there's that shift. And when you have that shift with towels and uh, with, with linen that you're piling up pillows, what also occurs is that friction and then you're creating bed sores as well. Um, so we as nurses really need to get that knowledge out there.
2: And I just want to add that it's also a bit of, if it's not broke, don't fix it mentality. For years, taking foam or taking pillows, there hasn't been any direct issues that have seen with the changes in reimbursements. Once a patient is done in the OR, they move into observation, and that's when a lot of pressure injuries will start to be noticed. And then you start doing the backtracking. There was a discovery that it was happening in the OR and so it's it's changing that mentality because they haven't seen it t- directly and i can attest Quite a few times that I've been called in to, to do in servicing on positioning, it's been because an incident has happened. We do, in particular, the Trendelenburg position. It's when a patient is tipped and their head is pointed towards the ground, it can be a very precarious position, and you need to stabilize the uh, the patient, make sure they don't slide off the bed. With the increase of robotic procedures, there's been the tendency to uh, shift slightly. And because of that, we developed a shortellenenberg positioner called the secure fit and it secures the patient in that particular position so they don't slide uh, and a lot of the calls that I've gotten are we, we had patient shift and so we need to secure them do you have any options for us That's been the the big mentality that we have to overcome trying to get the awareness out before the, uh, there there's an incident or anything of that nature.
0: What's interesting is that It's not like, um, you know, these hospitals and nurses, they don't realize that, uh, you know, there is potential injury that comes from twisting and turning the patients without proper uh, positioning support. Though, you know, I'm not saying it's like insidious that they're not um, upgrading their equipment. But, you know, it must be frustrating to see an issue and maybe to not have the resources or to not know where to start to... uh, get your patients what they need
1: so i think there's a couple of points that need to be made here and and i think steve made made some good points as well as yourself but um nurses want to do a good job every day and sometimes um we haven't been taught you know that you know blankets and, and things of that nature are best method um, are there financial constraints of of course there are financial constraints and you know being a, a director myself you see that every day but i think the key point that hasn't been out there is previously um, as steve pointed out you know we didn't realize that you had a positioning injury particularly a pressure injury and usually they do show up, and there's a lot of literature out there. There's um, I've actually, at Hopkins, uh, created a skin integrity team at one point in time and, and worked with our wound specialists. And what we're finding out is pr- it's really about two to three days later that you're in a position, whether it be in Trendelenburg or a lateral position, in three days, uh, that pressure injury then becomes like a decubitus. It might have been a little abrasion or redness, but that pressure then surfaces, and and then you get a, a true uh, decubitus injury at that point in time. Now here's the amazing part. Um, the amazing part is they're, they, usually these patients are in an ICU on the floor and guess what? The floor nurses and the ICU nurses think, well, it's attributed to them because, you know, they didn't turn the patient, but in all reality, the positioning injury, the pressure injury started in the operating room. And this is really just surfacing over the last, you know, five to 10 years. Um, That the injuries are occurring here, and so there's a lot more work to be done. You know, Steve pointed out too in the Trendelenburg position with uh, robotics. um, There's some key points there. When your head is down about two inches from the floor, um, you know, and you're in a steep Trendelenburg position, you know, how do you keep that patient on the bed? Um, and that's really a challenge for our nurses. And, you know, in the past, um, some thoughts have been, you know, can, can we use a bean bag? And with the bean bag, a bean bag is very hard um, that you place a patient on. Yes, it holds you in a position because it's hard and and it folds up around you laterally along your body, but also on your shoulders. So let's think about it. There's two ways to keep you on with your head is about two inches from the floor. One is I can put shoulder rests on, which really, um, it puts the patient at risk Um, and or i could use a bean bag and curl it up which is almost like a shoulder uh brace as well and so when you think about that well even if i pad it um am i still at risk and yes you are because the brachial plexus comes down um off of your neck and down to your arms and so you know we're talking about pressure injuries but there also are nerve injuries there's stretch injuries but in this there might be pressure on your nerve (laughs) And with a brachial plexus injury, you may have some numbness maybe in your little pinky or you might not be able to grip very well. And that might surface um, maybe an hour or two after you've woken up or maybe six hours later. So there's a lot of risk you know, for positioning in the operating room, you can have stretch right. injuries, nerve injuries, pressure injuries, and we're challenged as nurses, and the companies are challenged on how can we get uh, devices out better.
0: Right. Well, I guess because often the the consequences of an improper positioner uh, aren't seen immediately. It does have that kind of delayed reaction, so you know you often don't get that sort of immediate feedback on. Is what I'm doing hurting the patient?
1: Right now, the other thing I wanted to talk about is people, you know, creating their own devices.
0: You know, um, a DIY, um, being illegal. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm actually glad you brought that up. I was going to ask, um, you know, not only how do these DIY positioners. Uh, further affect care in healthcare, but also I'm sure that creating them takes time and ends up costing caregivers valuable care time because they're spending them, you know, trying to build some kind of position or to, to help their patient.
1: You're absolutely correct. Um, I've seen that. Um, probably been a part of it at some point in time. Sure. And here's the type of things that you may see. People think that they're actually saving money and And uh, it becomes really, you know, nurses can bring it to the attention of management, but management really needs to bring that forward. And having nurses um, cut up foam, um, I've even seen, you know, facilities where they've paid nurses time and a half or aides time and a half To take an egg crate and cut it all up into foam pieces to do spot positioning. And let's just think about that. You know, that egg crate may cost you very little, but your nurse, you know may cost you $30 an hour, $27 an hour, depending on where you are in the nation. And I'm saying a beginning nurse, you know, let's not even talk about it might be a very tender nurse who's getting $45 an hour, let's pay her time and a half, and let's do that for a couple of hours. So what may have seemed cost effective at one point in time, and you factor in all the labor, it it no longer is... um, cost effective at all you're actually paying more money when you could have bought a product that's a better product and not paid your labor uh, to be making a device and the next piece of that is when you make a device at a hospital you actually become the manufacturer and what does that mean and so my legal hat's going to come on and I'm going to tell you about that when you become the manufacturer as the hospital, you became liable you know, for positioning. It no longer becomes the person who makes the egg crate or if it's Allie Med who's making um, a device, you have altered a device so you become that manufacturer and so you can be sued directly as opposed To you know if the positioning device was at fault from the company, they would have you know uh, equal liability so anytime you alter device as a hospital, um, you, you become the manufacturer.
2: So it's one of the big, big reasons that the such stringent labeling regulations is specifically to, to add the protections it's oh, it's about the safety of the patient overall and that's what the fda is really concerned about at the end of the day and so in order to put those into place they put put in the regulations and a medical company like alimed makes a claim they need to back back it up, but if you use a product that, uh, off label, as they say, then it removes the liability from uh, uh, from AliMed and so or any medical device uh, uh, company, I should say.
0: And have y'all seen that uh, create some legal and um, you know financial headaches for care institutions? Have um I you know sitting
1: on um. And working with lawyers or attorneys, um, you know, I would cite the hospital if they may if they used a pillow. And again, that's an unintended device um, for positioning, or a towel, or let's be quite honest, I've seen somebody try to put somebody in a lateral position and put about five or six pillows um, on a Mayo stand and wonder why you know that arm fell off and and then there's a injury. So. Um, you're going to see um, issues and problems with that you know by creating your own devices or or being very ingenious as what i I talk about with nurses and trying to put somebody in a device Um, it ultimately is going to cost the hospital you know anywhere and what i've seen is anywhere from about 50 to, you know, $100,000 in a possible injury suit, depending on how detrimental it is. If it's a permanent, you know, obviously it could go higher. It could go into the millions. Um, so really what you want your nurses, and what I would like nurses to take away is you don't want to accept that responsibility. You want to use devices that were made and intended for positioning and, and right. to do that particular job.
0: Right. So, Steve, being a product manager for Alimed, you've spent a lot of time in the weeds, not only making sure the product line reflects the needs of the industry, but, you know, the product line is also functional and accessible uh, to these care institutions. What are some ways that you've seen Alimed specifically try to tackle this issue of inefficient positioners in a unique way?
2: So so thankfully, I've been able to uh, get out and uh, speak to OR nurses, uh, attend AORN myself, and uh, just being able to listen to some of their uh, problems, uh, larger patients being a, a big positioning problem uh, we've been able to come back and work with our internal r d team and develop products we've also worked with um, uh, institutions and surgeons who bring their uh, positioning ideas to life one in particular i um, mentioned earlier it's fortune positioning uh, we have our secure fit and it was designed to allow uh, safe positioning in Trendelenburg, but still allow access to the chest and the arms, which are, are really areas that uh, that a lot of other positioners for Trendelenburg don't allow the access. A lot of straps go over the chest, which is used to s- stabilize the patient and keep them from sliding, but then it, it restricts uh, uh, access to the chest if they want to... Uh, Uh, check breathing or the uh, electrodes and then of course just uh, the lines that are going up the arm we want to make sure that those are safe and uh, don't uh, be they're not impacted so that's one of our biggest areas but it's really about uh, getting out in front and just letting uh, nurses know that there's different styles of products I mentioned earlier lightweight gel gel itself can be very heavy in fact chest rolls which are used in the prone position are sometimes placed under the knees can be upwards of 20 pounds. It can be very heavy to to carry throughout the day. And so we we developed a a new style of gel positioner, which actually has a foam core and gel on top. So it gives you the protection of gel, but it's about 50% of the weight. So it's only 10 pounds. much easier to carry carry back and forth uh, f- uh, from the OR to uh, wherever they're being stored. And so those are the areas that AlliMed really tries to, to listen and uh, address and help out healthcare professionals every day.
1: So, Steve, um, using some of these products, um, you know, that AlliMed's used and, and other uh, products as well. I did want to talk about that Trendelenburg position for the robot. Um, it, you know, in the beginning, the robot's been around for maybe 20 years, but when you're doing a robotic prostatectomy or um, a hysterectomy, or robotically, um, we talked, we briefly talked about that. you're about your head's about two inches off of the floor. You're in a Trendelenburg position, and really, as a nurse, there are several things that you are very concerned about and one is the shift of the patient. So regardless of whether you're a a, um, three or 400 pound patient or you're a 90 pound patient, um, moving bed from a supine position to a Trendelenburg position, your key point is not to have that patient shift um, because there's gonna be friction and with that friction could possibly be positioning injuries. The other piece is How do I get my patient to stay on the table when I'm in a um, Trendelenburg position that's very steep? Uh, I I like to, you know, unfortunately, you know, I have some stories about, you know, when things go right and when things don't go so right. Uh Um, A not so good, you know, area to be in is one time we placed a, you know, a patient, I'm not going to say at one hospital, placed a patient in a steep Trendelenburg position. And sure enough, um, you know, the patient didn't stay, um, you know, stay stable to the bed, which Allie Med's positioner does a really nice job of doing that. This patient shifted and so much so that their head came off of the the head of the bed and the anesthesia person was literally holding the patient's head you know so it didn't fall onto the floor now um that requires you know think about this for a moment that requires the fact that now i have to take that patient out of the position again basically start all over again so if i was draped and starting to do surgery we now have to pull out of it that lengthens the uh, procedure, it also causes a risk of losing somebody's airway and actually creating a neck injury. So right. um, unfortunately, there's um, some things that I've seen, you know, that if you don't position that patient right and you don't create that stability, you can harm somebody very easily.
0: So if these products are that essential for basically everyday care, um in these healthcare institutions, what is education like around these products, and do physicians and nurses know that they don't have to be using DIY products? Um, you know, what what have you seen? Why or why not? Um, and how do you think education can change around getting these products in front of more uh, more people in the industry?
1: Well, that's a pretty complicated question. Yeah. Um, the education piece, I think it's really getting out there, having people, we need to move forward with skin integrity teams in in hospitals and understanding that what we do in the operating room really reflects on the post-operative care. And I think that education needs to start in the operating room, but also needs to go out to the floors. If you remember correctly, I said the floors actually think that they've created the problem when, in all reality, it started. So I think there's education that you know we, as a professional group from AORN and through hospitals throughout the United States, need to really talk this up. Positioning is not um, is not a small deal. It's big. We need to we need to change how we educate. We need to take accountability for it. Um, We also, as administrators, um, have a duty, you know, to listen to our nurses and see what's out there on the market and not just say, well, we've always done it this way. Nurses and administrators, we need to get with the times and to understand that we no longer can create our own positioning devices. One is it's not really cost effective. Right. You know, paying nurses is not cost-effective to create them. It also puts us at risk for liability. So I think um, we need we need to start with education. I think that partnering with um, our manufacturers is really important because we can tell them the problems that we have, and they can create these devices. Um, they've done a great job listening to us, but we need to continue to do that. Um, I also think that they need to understand understand you know somebody like myself i've been in three different arenas so what does that cost in injury you know um so you can take that to administrators that this may cost you something and then ultimately you can also take that back to the nurses because um as much as they're they're cost conscious they also it's really about patient care and we don't want to cause injuries so i think um, Frontline nurses, administrators need to part, partner with your manufacturers so we can get that education out. And I think it's going to take some time and we need to do the podcast webinars and we uh, need to do our due diligence and research.
2: Uh, And thankfully, the movement is moving forward. AORN, over the past number of years, it has a very high focus on uh, patient positioning and the problems that can arise from it. And I've noticed in a lot of facilities, when management starts uh, taking that uh, education piece on themselves and ensuring that it's disseminated throughout the entire facility, that is when uh, a lot more of the traction really starts uh, taking over. And it's, it's not just positioning in general, it's education overall, uh, it it becomes more of the forefront and protecting staff and protecting the the patients while they're there.
1: I just wanted to bring one more thing uh, to the forefront. You know, I've been in the adult world for most of my career and just recently um, I've been asked um, when I, when I gave a lecture at um, the expo, you know, in Nashville, um, and from some different nurses as to we've put a big focus on the adult world. Um, but the question came back is, what are you doing with the pediatric world? And I have to be quite honest with you. I, I think that's a groundbreaking area um, that we probably haven't touched very well. Um, but I think overall, there's a lot of work to be done in, in both worlds, pediatric and an adult, um, to get our positioning devices where they should be
2: and at uh, uh, thankfully it- that is that is an area that Alimed has addre- addressed we can t- continue to address it but we do have uh, some neonatal positioners in gel and pediatric positioners it's not just positioning a smaller adult there is a much larger deal especially when we're talking about neonatal because they're not their bones are not fully developed they're actually more sensitive to uh, to the pressures uh, and pressure injuries in gel general. So there's more of an awareness uh, and we are trying to make larger strides in order to p- position the pediatric and neonatal patients.
1: About 2.5 million patients are affected by acute care pressure injuries every year and um, we, we had, you know, nerve injuries, but I still believe that there's a lot of work to be done in pressure injuries and there's a lot of tools out there with devices. Um, but I think we're just entering the world of awareness and starting down the path of how can we fix this by assessing our patients. And we have to look at nutrition. We have to look at, you know, um, I know Monroe and Scott Triggers have a, um, an assessment tool out there. And I, I think, we, again, um, there's a lot of work to be done um, in, in this area and to create that awareness um, so we can decrease um, injuries. But I I just want to put out there's quite a few patients out there that indeed have injuries, um, and so this is an important subject.
0: Yeah, and like we've said, it is something where, you know, the caregivers don't get that immediate feedback that, oh, we might be doing something wrong here. Uh, Though, like you said, when you're dealing with over 2 million patients that deal with... um, you know, with injuries sustained because of poor positioning, it's not something to ignore. It's definitely something that needs to be at the forefront of um, conversation in these care institutions. And I think it's up to people like you, Mary, and to um, companies like Alimed to continue to educate and continue to try to get quality products in the hands of qualified caregivers. So, Thank you both so much for joining us on the podcast. It was a pleasure getting to break this down and get your insights on it. Steve Dunn, Mary Grace Hensel. Thank you both again for joining us. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of Ally Talks. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to AllieMed.com slash blog articles. There you will be able to find all of our recent podcasts as well as written content and video content on a variety of different subjects. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.